land of 10,000 lakes, our history runs deep. With a tradition that's golden. And now it's time to connect the past with the present and awaken the echoes. It's time to bridge the gap, to honor that tradition and uphold it. For those whose stories are written, and those still writing books. For every Minnesota. For every generation. For every golden gopher. Let me hear you, Minnesota. Hey guys, welcome to OPA Podcast episode 26. Live edition, uh, qu quarantine edition, Rona edition, whichever you want to call it. We are live for episode 26. For the crew, say hi, everyone. Oh, wait, can we actually say hi? Yeah. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we can speak now. Oh, we're allowed to speak now? We can't speak. All right, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Jason. I just graduated. Oh. I am in your microphone. LeRon. Let's see if there's even a football season in 2020. Got it. My name is Wyatt. Oh, we're Bucks fans now. Okers. And Griffin, I am absolutely obsessed with TikTok most. Oh God! It's mine. It's literally <laughs> just mine. <laughs> and welcome Don't to. Don't even come at me like that, Lorenz. There's a huge difference. <laughs> and everyone listening in live on Facebook or listening in, uh, welcome to episode 26 of Opa Podcast. Uh, we are back for a special edition um, mid-off season here. Uh, fortunately, we are in quarantine or stay-at-home orders, so we're just doing a very um, Not South Dakota. <laughs> Rip. Um, but very important uh, episode so we can get at least get you guys out there. Like, you know, let's start talking football again um, because that's what we are passionate about. We enjoy sports and just want to talk about that. So to get things started, I want to pose this question. So it's been five months since our victory against the Auburn Tigers in the Outback Bowl. Um we ended 11-2 with two big wins over Penn State and Auburn, losing to Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, in retrospective, five months later, how do you feel about the season overall? You don't want to start? Well, exceeding expectations is always a good thing. Um, being picked whenever we were, like, sixth in the West or something like that. Can't really be, can't really complain. Uh, especially the results. We look at being 11-2, and two, winning four bowl games in a row, uh, and ending number 10 in the AP poll with a lot of different awards across all different aspects of our team, whether it be coaching staff, offense, defense, special <laughs> special teams, especially. And, uh, you know, it's just – and then and capping it all off with Gophers and the pros. It'll be a, it'll be a good season at hopefully TCF. 
and uh, and, a, and a very extensive Gophers in the Pros segment. Um, I think for me, um, I uh, echo everything that Griffin just said. Uh, you can't really complain when you're picked to finish six in the West and you end up winning 11 games. I think that's a little bit more uh, than you can hope for. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think at one point I complained about the fact that we lost to Iowa, even though we out-yarded them by a lot of, uh, like, over 100 yards. And we had some drops, but then I thought to myself, well, that's how good of a team that we were last year that, like, losing to Iowa in a blackout in Kinnick in November <laughs> is disappointing to me. Um, so, yeah, the the team, everything about the 2019 season is fantastic. Let's hope we can uh, push this into a, an even better 2020. Yeah, I think all the sentiments are good. Um, I think there's things that obviously can improve, even though we played Iowa in a blackout in Kinnick in November. Uh, that's that's a game that probably could have been winnable, and uh, hopefully we can make the improvements so that next time that comes around we can take that win. Um, I think it's also worth noting that the Wisconsin game uh, <laughs> was uh, a point of disappointment, but when – the most disappointing thing is losing to two very good football teams, two incredibly good football teams this season. There's a lot to look back on with great fondness, especially taking down an SEC team in on SEC turf. Who beat Alabama. And Florida, Florida is SEC territory last I checked. So, um, For me, it's so... I'm in a weird, weird spot. So I did my, I did a fifth year season last year, and at the start of these, at the start of camp, um, my body was just done, like I couldn't get through state fair, like it was rough, um, and then half of the home games, I either passed out or collapsed, because like my body couldn't Ooh. take it right after an intense run of pregame or or shows. So I was literally falling apart and some of the younger band members were like, are you sure it's worth taking a fifth year at this point? And then of course we get to Penn state. We win the game. And that made it, that made it all worth it. And they rushed the field and I was like, it's worth it. And then of course, um, <laughs> I, to I, I was at that Penn state game. I don't As know was I. As um, was I. I was gonna say I hope Laurens and Griffin were also there, <laughs> but I was at that Penn State game with a group of buddies from the law school, and they're not native Gopher fans. Um, I have a buddy who came over from Princeton. He actually played offensive line at Princeton for a couple of seasons, um, and I have a I have a buddy from Michigan State, and they are now transplant Gopher fans after that football game. Mm-hmm. That game, that, was a big one. that game transcended like beyond being a Gopher fan. Like it was just the most best game you could be at at that weekend. But um, overall positives from last season, 
uh, we'll carry on to some of the key departures uh, from the 2019 season. So first things first, go first on the pros, as uh, Griffin mentioned earlier. Uh, first things first, Antoine Winfield Jr. was drafted 45th overall by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our hero. Yep. And some key things, Winfield was named All-Big Ten first team. Also Big Ten defensive back of the year. Um, in his career, he has recorded 177 tackles, also scored three touchdowns, returned two interceptions for pick sixes. Um, and I think one of our leaders of last season in terms of tackles and defensive stats, he was just all over the place. Uh, next up, he's going to be a terrifying force for terrifying NFC South. And I think they're going to be some great quarterbacks trying not to throw the ball his way. And that's the thing is everyone thinks about him like he's dropping back in coverage. And when the next play, you'll see him sneak up on the line and completely demolish your quarterback. Like, there are going to be some very good quarterbacks trying to avoid him. At all costs, or no, when he sh- or when he shifts from his assignment, like at the two Fresno oh. State games where he like he, it was a broken coverage, but he still like went to make the play and was pick, uh, picked off Fresno State two years in a row. <laughs> it was all. Uh, my favorite thing uh, from this entire draft season was watching analysts go and start watching Antoine Winfield tape. And them just being like, what? Like, the first reaction is always, wait, Antoine oh, man. Winfield. That boy can do that on the football field? And then it starts to show him, like, you know, in the box, you know, tackling, destroying Anthony McFarland, things of that general nature. Um, there was a particular one that I don't even remember from the Wisconsin game where he just basically body slammed Jonathan Taylor. Um and then they're like, wow, this man can tackle. And then it shows some of the picks against, like, Maryland and Illinois and things like that. And they're like, okay, the ball can come his way. And then they get to the Fresno picks, and they're like, Grant Delpit who? No, Del- Penn who? State. Xavier McKinney who? Penn State, the two oh, picks Penn- he got. Yeah, oh, you see them going up against a six foot three, six four wide receiver. And they're just like, oh, this was a matchup problem. And then he just goes up and pluck. They're like, ah, get that man a ball right now. So I'm here for it. And then next up, uh, a gopher won't be drafted for a while after the second round. It will be until the fifth round with the 161st pick in by Tampa Bay for Tyler Johnson, who is one of our most prolific receivers in recent history. Um, he is the most prolific wide receiver in Minnesota history. Surpassing Ron Johnson and Eric Decker. I was going to say, if you're better than Eric Decker, Eric Decker started for many years. And he has won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Tampa Bay got some talent late in that draft. I mean, and... you talk about a man with a year where it has like 80, some, 80 mid-80 receptions, well over 1,000 yards and 13 touchdowns, and you're going to let him drop into the fourth like round? Rock. I'll, take, I'll, yeah. take it a st- I'll take it a step further. First of all, you gonna, the Big Ten's leading receiver 
mind you. Um, the big like he's and his the second leading receiver was the Big Ten receiver of the year, which I Davis is going in the first round next year. Congratulations. But you're saying so he had well over a thousand yards this year. He had well over a thousand yards last year. He had almost 700 yards the year before, and he missed three games. So you're sitting there, and you're like, this kid could have had 3,000-yard seasons in a row. Two, uh, two-time Big Ten first team, all uh, big first team, put up 100 yards against Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, Wisconsin, put up 200 on Auburn, Nebraska. I, Nebraska don't want to see Tyler Johnson anymore. Literally anyone of note, Tyler Johnson has put his hands on him, and somehow he ends up in the fifth round. Okay, but we also somebody for- gonna pay. But I almost keep forgetting. So the year PJ's first year, so when we had Connor Rhoda and Demery Croft at quarterback, which I know we don't want to remember, but he still produced in eleven games when he wasn't injured, despite That's- being double bracketed. Let's be clear. To be even more clear, he did that with three completely separate quarterbacks. He did it with Demery and Connor. He did it with Zach Annex did last year. And then he did it with Tanner Morgan all year this year. So three completely, three-four-ish completely different quarterbacks. And Tyler Johnson put up those numbers, put some respect on his name. Three different quarterbacks, and none of these people are his recruits. Let's all snow. No. <laughs> And that's the tea. That's the Simply Lemonade tea. Uh, Listen, everyone, I don't know if Tom Brady is as good as any of those quarterbacks. But. I don't know. I don't know. Now he gets to play in the slot with Tom Brady and Chris Godwin on one side, Mike Evans on the other side, Chris Godwin being a, Penn, a former Penn State wide receiver who Tyler Johnson put better numbers up than Don't forget the I'm return of Robert Gronkowski. Oh, and Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. I don't even like Brady, but I'm like, somebody going to pay. Somebody is, is going to pay still in the picture here. Is Percy Harvin still in this picture? Do we know? Oh, <laughs> Harvin Harvin. Yeah, they, they said he had interest in coming back and playing for the Bucks. This man, look. Man, they're chasing <laughs> Super Bowl rings now. Man, imagine having that <laughs> dangerous of an offense. You don't even need to play defense. Forget I about it. That. And, you know, they did end up Literally like just a, field Antoine Winfield, you'll be fine. I know they ended up with, like, a top-five rushing defense last year, too, so I'm just like... <laughs> and Tom Brady's going to throw everything in the flat anyway, so Antoine <laughs> dropping back ain't going to do much. You could you could play him up on the line and disguise him in 30 different coverages. <laughs> it's 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 going to be beautiful. If you're going to if you're gonna play against Tom Brady, you just got to hit him. You gotta just make hit him. Gun. Make him. That's why they got. That's why they got Tristan Wirth up in there saying, "Hit who? Hit who?" <laughs> Certainly not my quarterback. I'm pretty I'll sure Minnesota is going to be dangerous with all them Gophers on that. All the the Big Ten West, the Big Ten in general. Tampa Bay is basically just the Big Ten. You got a quarterback from Michigan. You got a wide receiver from Penn State. A wide receiver from Minnesota. You got offensive linemen from Iowa. Got some safeties from Minnesota too. I'm just like so. Tampa, the Tampa Bay Big Ten. That's that's what this. They they even took one of the Nebraska uh, D linemen too. So, Big Ten West on the wazoo. 
All right. Uh, Literally next everyone except Purdue. <laughs> Rip. Um, so next up, third that went in the draft was Kamal Martin to the Green Bay Packers. Let's the... not talk about it. Next. All right. Next. Oh, we is... can't talk about um, one of our own and just just absolutely desecrated like that. <laughs> when he's healthy, he's a problem. Next. Fourth, taking in the draft in the seventh round would, would be Carter Coughlin by the New York Giants with the 218th pick. And then at the 247th pick by the same team, the Giants, was Chris Williamson. Um, both were studs in our defense, uh, contributors, starters. Um, uh, Coughlin was part of the Empire class with Kamal Martin, Anton Winfield, and Tyler Johnson. Chris Williamson was a transfer uh, from Florida, which I keep forgetting he was a transfer the last two years. And it's literally produced um, the last two seasons as well are on the Giants. Then Rodney Smith went undrafted free agent to Carolina Panthers. And uh, Sam Renner, D-tackle to the L.A. Rams as an undrafted free agent. And about so seven Gophers are right now signed with NFL teams. That's a pretty decent class. That is it's, a pretty decent It's not LSU team. numbers, but we'll get there. You know who we had more draft picks then? Nebraska. <laughs> Wait, draft big. Nebraska had one? I thought they had two, but... Also, Alex Ratz said traitor. I think he's regarding Kamal Martin. Hey, Alex. Nice it's not like Kamal you. Martin made that choice himself. True. It's not, but he should have just been like, Wait, no, I'm, I'm sick. I can't do it. Vikings, <laughs> do something about this. Anyway. All right. Um, like... So those were key departures in terms of the player side. Um, Winston DeLabadier, Kamal, oh no, Winston DeLabadier, and Thomas Barber. Um, from what Griffin, you said there's still rumblings out there. There's not confirmed yet, right? I don't know. Like obviously they weren't signed or they went, um, they went undrafted. But I think they're still like they're just working out, trying to get like whatever opportunities they can. Like I don't know what. I, I'm sorry, but I gotta hear Winston Deladabadere's name in the NFL. Deladabadere. A man's gotta hear it. Deladabadere. The third. Uh, I mean, the, the Vikings just got Michael Pierce, so maybe maybe the Ravens got some interest in him. He can go back home and uh, cause some problems. No, but hey, special teams wherever they need them. But hey, um, I met Winston like. He's a pretty awesome dude. Like, if he doesn't pan out in the NFL, I think he's going to be a great future ahead of him too. Um, oh, absolutely. Same with Thomas. Like, I think I don't know why I, anybody coming out of this program. Like, I think no. What's funny? So these guys in the Empire class came in the same year, or the year after we came into college. Yeah. So like, it's sort of so weird. <laughs> They're going pro, and we're like, we're, we're average Joes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just out here and you think it is. It is what it is. I said Antoine Winfield just out here making a few million. It is <laughs> what it is. It is what it is. And then um, other key departures besides players. Um, uh, we lost Kirk Shiraka to Penn State yep. um, before the bowl game. Um, if you can't beat him take them and then um but a good thing so replacing him will be co-offensive coordinators uh mike uh matt simon not mike matt simon 
which will also still be coaching wide receivers. And then our other co-offensive coordinator it will be Mike Stanford, uh, who uh, was the quarterbacks and OC for Utah State for Jordan Love, will be co-offensive coordinator along with Matt Simon for PJ. Um, as far as I can tell, they're both in charge of the offense. Uh, seems solid so far. And then we did lose our D-line coach, Panagos, to Rutgers. Uh, he got poached by Greg Schiano. And then we lost our defensive backs coach. He went back to Oregon. Uh, they offered him a full-time spot there instead. So he took it. And then we and then replacing our defensive backs coach was uh, a coach from Michigan State. When Mark D'Antoni retired, he wasn't retained, so he signed aboard. But he, as far as he I was, know... He was also at Ohio State when PJ was there as a graduate assistant. Yep. So, he, so. this guy is known to be producing NFL talent at defensive backs as well. Um, so in terms of coaching changes, some sh- some shakeup. Um, I think the thing that shocked me was that Kirk Shiraka, I knew he was going to leave, but I thought he would leave for a head coaching spot. But he just went back home to Penn State, um, which wish him all the best. But when we see him against Penn State w- in the future. Wish him all the best, except when he plays the Gophers. Yep. Hey, maybe uh, now in our new offense, we'll learn what a tight end he is. Like, As Auburn learned. Like in the yeah, Outback Bowl? <laughs> Bryce Witham. Bryce Witham said, oh, touchdown. Said, oh, going game-saving fourth down catch. And I was like, tight end? One-handed. One thing I That's really appreciate, though, uh, with our coaching staff is we always seem to replace people of, like, equal or better talent. And I feel like sometimes you just do not get that across all, like, Chad Wilt, uh, Cincinnati, D-line coach, producing talent. Paul Haynes over at Ohio State, Michigan, you know he's got good talent. Mike Sanford, he's a, he averaged 30 points a game over at Utah State University. And that's... Um, and I looked, it, I looked it up, he was also an OC at Notre Dame, and what Notre Dame had called one of their most prolific offenses ever which is very interesting. Or at least that's what I thought I saw. I think our our offense this year is going to plateau with the change, not necessarily go down, but what I feel like with any change in coaching staffs, it's going to hit a little plateau, and then once they get everyone's in the system, it's going to skyrocket after that. Well, hold on. Kirk Shiraka isn't a quarterback's guy, is he? He is. He was our QB coach. Was he? Yep. Mm-hmm. He was because oh. remember when he brought when PJ brought him in when he was first hired at Western Michigan, Shiraka was the one that developed um, whoever Western Michigan's quarterback Zach Terrell, Zach Terrell, Zach Terrell. from the one eleven season, and he got progressively better for eight and five, eight and five to thirteen and one, and then when he came to Minnesota, of course he had to work with what he got uh, with Connor Rhoda and Demery Croft, and then he got toys of Alex, uh, oh, Zach Anikstead. Tanner Morgan and this went off to the races with them and I think Tanner Morgan in hindsight is similar to Zach Terrell from Western Michigan like I they think were Tanner small Morgan's guys. got room to improve yet and I, 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 I am looking forward to see to seeing what this new coach has to say about that I'm excited to what Mike Sanford can do with Tanner Morgan because I think there was a point where Kirk Shiraka was trying to use uh, pro style QBs with the RPO, 
um, like very statuesque, like in the pocket. But there are times when Tanner just needs in the wind to run it, and that's what I think Mike Sanford thrives on is the arc run pass option, the RPOs, the option plays to open up the play. I think we're going to see a very interesting offense this season. I'm really looking forward to it. And also, can Tanner stop running, like walking into an offensive lineman who's trying to stop a D tackle from sacking him? Please. No, that's <laughs> illegal. That's illegal. Oh, Rats is asking. Yeah, he'd be too good. Rats is asking. Uh, when are we naming Lake Witham? <laughs> Lake Witham. <laughs> oh, ah, from the uh, ESPN broadcast. Let's uh, let's end the controversy of Pade Mark Scott and say it Lake Witham. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know all of the controversy over uh, Kaufman Memorial Union. We could just change it to Witham Memorial Union. Oh my God! The PGA Memorial bro. Union. The Tyler what? Johnson two hundred and three yards uh, against Noah Glenogany, who went in the first round Memorial Union. That was my favorite tweet. Uh, Wyatt, you would enjoy this tweet that came out during the first round. Uh, Noah Glenogany, I think he went like thirty first overall. Um, yeah. And someone on Twitter went and they were like, yo, congratulations on drafting Tyler Johnson's son. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. That's what we yeah. like to hear. Yeah. I was like, that the content I needed on Alcor's internet. <laughs> Actually, um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I still remember in the Outback Bowl, I was rewatching the recording, the play where Tyler Johnson scored that last touchdown to essentially seal the game when he smoked Smoke Monday for the touchdown. No one decided, no corner went with him, and they wanted to put a safety on Tyler Johnson, and that's disrespectful. So he disrespected them. It is the circle of life. He went from the left side earlier in the game on a crossing route and climbed a mountain and snagged that one and came down with it. Then he just goes the other way across the field and they're just like, buh-bye. He don't even Johnson. keep a move on anybody. They just let him run. <laughs> Tyler Johnson's not fast. Well, he's faster than you, Matt. Your right. only good play of the game was Noah Igbenogany taking him to the house. And that's the T. All right. Um, so pretty awesome stuff there with the key departures from 2019. Uh, next up, uh, let's get into recruiting. So during this quarantine time, um, PJ and staff has been like on steroids doing something with recruiting. Like um, we took like a bunch of recruits in a single week, uh, even though even the NCAA prohibited them from like any more communication and stuff like that. And we still have like a top 10 recruiting class as of May, uh, mid-May, and then second behind the Big Ten behind Ohio State. Like, let's talk about recruiting. <laughs> Listen, we're second got, behind the greatest recruiting class of all time, and then that's fine. We got, uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited for Ja Joyner. I know he was uh, highly coveted 
it out east and got a lot of offers from a lot of different areas. And then we had, of course, Panagos, who recruited him, leave and probably could have even tried to get him to come to Rutgers. Maybe he did. I don't know. But the fact that he was willing to stay with the with the change over to Chad Wilt, that's, that speaks volumes. It really does. And who wants to play for Rutgers, though? Uh, you know who wants to play for Rutgers? Noah Vedral, transferring out of Nebraska. The man that knows Scott Frost's system better than probably Adrian Martinez, but they're going to go with the cripple at quarterback instead of someone that actually knows how to run. Sorry. Thanks. You didn't have to kill him dead like that. Bye. Wow, I mean, is that so much so that no one wants to play for Rutgers, or is it more so no one wants to play for Scott Frost? I just... Both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I apologize to our viewers from the old Raritan. Yeah, um, I, I found... Um, Rutgers will become a destination, though. Take, give them three or four years. <laughs> One big uh, recruiting battle because uh, we also took the number one crew out of the state of Nebraska, being Avante Dickerson, the top six cornerback in the country, um, while we also took another four-star, Stephen Ortiz, as another cornerback, which is to say our secondary, starting in 2021-22, is going to be disgusting. I don't and, know. Um, huh? I was going to say, I don't know if this happened before or after, but Nebraska added two coaches, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't if it was before and they couldn't get them, sucks. If it was after, too, too late. Little too late. A little too late. Too, too late. Um, it also didn't help that apparently Nebraska fans were chewing this 18-year-old out on Twitter, uh, or 17-year-old, rather, on Twitter. For making his decision doesn't shine very nicely on them, but all right. Uh, At I, least we got Minnesota nice. They did get the Minnesota nice, and uh, there's a really interesting recruiter battle that has nothing to do with us, but I find it hilarious. Um, a guy named Thomas Fedone, who is a very, very, very high four-star tight end in, uh, in the state of Iowa who Nebraska and Iowa are fighting for, because apparently he grew up a Nebraska fan, but is there any other place you go if you're a tight end other than Iowa? Uh, I don't know. And, and so Ask with them. Them trying to convince a tight end from Iowa that they would be better <clears throat> for him than Iowa. But Nebraska it's my also... It's my favorite. <laughs> Rooting battle. I'm just out here. I'm just like, if he, like, I hate Iowa. We all hate Iowa. It's a part of the contract when you go to the University of Minnesota. But, but why Iowa you knows tight ends. They do, they tight ends. It's like telling a four star running back not to go to Wisconsin. Remember, Jonathan Taylor was a three star recruit and still demolished the Big Ten West for three seasons? No, he hey. wasn't. He wasn't a four-star, he wasn't a five-star. No, he was a three-star, but I'm like, Ty Thomas for us? I I was looking up uh, the numbers that this kid put up, and I said, how is he a three-star? I know, right? Yeah. 
Simmons a four star? Isaiah Simmons was a three star. And not even a high three star. And Brett Venables. Mm. You know, I've been saying that Ja J Ja is his name Ja? I think ja. it's Ja. Yeah. Ja Joyner reminds me a lot of Isaiah Simmons. Especially when I saw like those really long arms I said. Wait a second. You know who else has really long arms? Kamal Martin. And that was a problem. Strip the ball. Strip the ball. We we doing strip sacks only in this household from 2020 and 2021. But I think a, a bright spot for Nebraska though is they got LSU's kicker from this year. Because I think it's a graduate transfer. Uh, oh, congratulations! So uh, a bright spot so, for them so instead of is going that they're taking a graduate goals, They can go maybe like 20 for 22. <laughs> Also, and not at that five and seven. Um, we forget too. Um, at the start, like way before, like two years ago, so no, a year ago, so in twenty early twenty nineteen, two brothers, Dino and Ethan Kalamakant, I can't pronounce it. Um, I can't either. Just so they were recruited, they 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 verbally committed to PJ and and Co. Super early in the process, which is doesn't usually happen, but the brothers did, and. The key thing I noticed was that a lot of those recruits that, you know, like verbally committed this past few these past few months and weeks, they looked up to him because again he's a he's a high star, high ranking recruit in the entire country who committed to the Gophers and has stayed committed since early twenty nineteen. And he's been hyping up roll the boat. And we're saying he's been committed before they had that. We had the eleven and two season last year. Like this kid was on board, and somehow, with him being like say the the rock of your recruiting class, let the others join in and skyrocket. Like, uh, like it's pretty cool. Name, aren't we? Say it again. We're gonna have to learn his name, aren't we? Yeah. I don't want to have to learn his name. I. I just looked this kid up. Cali, Cali, Hey, wait, to his younger brother's name? Talua. Talua. Talua Tango Viola? It took, yo, it took us three years to learn Tango Viola, okay? It took us three years to learn that name. And now we gotta learn this too? No, hey, man. Cali, Cali, Manis. Kelly Ackman is killed. <laughs> Greek dude, okay. So that's, Greek that's Greek. plundering the state of Illinois, though. Rip Marquise, the four-star running back, who will be out here replacing Muhammad. 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 In the next two years, uh, Sam, not L. Jackson. <laughs> who may be a running back, might be a receiver, might be a quarterback. Who knows? Over, un- over under this year, how many people Muhammad Ibrahim injures? <laughs> over under <Three>. six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to say... Just ask Georgia Tech how that went. 
I think it's going to be the equivalent to the amount of games we win, 11. <laughs> oh. And no, he's going to hurt Excellent. more in the bowl game, like he always do. Oh, yeah, 14. 14 <laughs> people are going to die in the bowl game. <laughs> bowl game, Muhammad hit different. It hit different. <laughs> I hope Mo watches this. Because <laughs> I just need him to know how much we love him. I, I just want Muhammad Ibrahim on this podcast. That's that's the goal. Anyone who's watching, just know that we are all Muhammad Ibrahim stands. We know it's just Muhammad Ibrahim, but when he runs over somebody at Auburn, that's Muhammad right there. Okay. Next season, we're inviting Mo Mo to every single podcast. You need to say Muhammad every time he gets the first down. I just want that to be a thing. Can that be a thing every time you just wait somebody? Muhammad. No, we just, we, no, we need to make a, a gif and then send it on the group chat whenever he scores a touchdown or first down. <laughs> I want him to be his own gif. That's what I want <laughs> be his own gif. Yes. got to get Mike Grimm to say Muhammad every time on the radio. Yes. Every single time. No, Jamie. Well, Jamie for uh, the in-game uh, announcing stuff. And I'm just looking at some other four-star wide uh, recruits that haven't even joined us yet, who are our prospects, who are warm to us, who um, may end up here. I see Jaden Hood, uh, inside linebacker, four-star out of Florida, warm to us, doesn't have a crystal ball yet. Can we get him? I think we can. Jamari Budden, an outside linebacker from uh, Michigan. I see P.J. Fleck is out here looking at this uh, D-line in the future and our linebackers to cover it, and I'm here for it. Uh, any o- looking at that. Any offensive lineman? We got a high three-star offensive lineman who's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 something like that, um, who is also going to be and I quote, a problem. Um, but no, I'm, I'm just out here watching what he's doing on this uh, D-line, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I want, I want our linebackers to go hunting. That's what I want. So, then this- we, we have the ability to possibly get, like, a class with seven or eight four-stars in it. Then this brings the question up for me. Um... Do you see Joe Rossi be, still being here when that class gets signed? Yeah. Well, I hope so. Because I'm thinking no, and the guy who's going to take Papa his Joe? place, and the guy who's going to take his place was the guy who replaced him at Maine, who's now our defensive backs coach. I mean, for me, yeah. if, if Joe Rossi produces a defense anywhere near what this defense was last year with the amount of people who left. Because last year our defense was top in the country. Um, If he produces another top 10 defense or even top 15, somebody is going to take it. Somebody sign this man. Somebody. (laughs) And get this man a shield. Like, somebody (laughs) somebody's going to take the right. Okay? Like, now the question is, who's going first, Joe Rossi at Minnesota or Jim Leonard at Wisconsin? Because Jim Leonard should have been gone years ago. Jim Leonard, I want him gone. 
we all want him gone. I think it'll be Papa Joe. Oh, they bring I really back think it'll be Papa Joe. They bring back nine members of their defense. Wisconsin. Nine. Off of that defense that was top four in the country. It was babies. It was filled with babies. Everyone's gone. And now it's grown men. Now they some grown... Oh, there's only 11 on the field. Nine? Oh, crap. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a We're gonna problem. Die. It's just their their offense is going to score 10 points a game, and their defense is going to give up three. That's, that's going to be Wisconsin this year. Because they lose the top two wide receivers. They lose the GOAT at running back. And normally, you know, Wisconsin replaces running backs like they just grow out of beers. Uh, they, I'm pretty sure they grow out of the ground at fucking Camp Randall. Now they grow out of Miller Lights. <laughs> they grow out of Miller Lights, but I'm like this. I feel like this is more uh, Corey Clement than a Jonathan Taylor uh, type of uh, situation. Uh, Man, Corey Clement. He was a problem. Corey Clement was a problem, but he wasn't a Jonathan Taylor problem. You can survive. Corey Clement wasn't really that much of a problem. Huh? Corey, Corey Clement was a mild problem. He was a mild problem. Like, he, he was a, he was a four on the he danger scale, and Jonathan Taylor was an 11. Jonathan Taylor is the scale. That's what he is. He is the scale. Oh, Laron's Rats had a question. I should probably bring it up now before we end this Why? podcast. Have the Rons talk about PJ's magic Kool-Aid. He's a wizard. Oh. <laughs> someone, someone said PJ's magic Kool-Aid, and my phone decided to slide into DMs of every single recruit that PJ is currently sliding into. It's Let me called talk. Red Bull. There you go. That's that. It's that PJ Red Bull. Uh, let no me Coke. Speak. Let me Not see on that what is doing, and this may sound like I'm throwing a lot of shade, and it most definitely is. So, for a while, for a while PJ couldn't recruit to the level that he really needed to to maintain success because Minnesota isn't a program that could just survive off of hype, unlike other programs in Lincoln, Nebraska, that uh, have solely survived. I'm, I'm not saying I'm throwing shade, but I'm throwing a lot of shade. You're um, throwing a I, lot of shade for someone who's not throwing shade. I, hey, it's, it's coronavirus. That's like, that's like, an, that's an engage eight blitz kind of shade. Hey, it's coronavirus. I haven't been around people in months. I think that this is how social interactions are supposed to go. From what The room is getting to him, guys. Hey, you said. Hey, you guys said the name that should not be named. <laughs> hey, hold on. Uh, I said the Rona. I got it right. Last year, um, that walked into TCF Bank Stadium um, and got ran over. Now, I'm not gonna say what team that was because quite a few teams got ran over last year by us, but. One of those teams had this really cool cornerback 
who may or may not, but definitely was at that game. Now, I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to say any names. But what PJ is doing right now is he's saying, now, I took a team that had exactly two four-stars on it, and I won 11 games. And I said five of them to the NFL. I said five of them to the NFL. I had one four-star wide receiver. And uh, Mel Kuyper has a number eight overall for the 2021 draft. I have one low four star. So what can I do with you? See, see, this is results-oriented recruiting. Results-oriented recruiting. And let us get another 10-win season. Don't let, don't let PJ get another 10-win season because if he does that, this recruiting is going to be fun. But thank you, Mr. Rats, for your question. Uh, more of the story is the Kool-Aid tastes like every time Muhammad Ibrahim ran over one of Nebraska's linebackers to get to the zone. Oh, wait, did I mention that name? Oh, I'm not throwing shade at Nebraska. I'm just saying. They're bad. Thank you for coming to Lorenz's TED Talk. They're going to 5-7 and seven again, and I can't. <laughs> They're gonna lose to Cincinnati. I said Cincinnati. They're gonna lose to Cincinnati. <laughs> They're gonna lose to Cincinnati. And uh, They're gonna lose to a team that isn't real. And I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. We doing hot takes now? Ooh. That, you know, that, well, hold on a second. Speaking. I'm kind of going off Lorenz's results-oriented uh, dis- discussion. There was recently a tweet that came out. I'm trying to find it about who who's, who sent it out, but it was basically like the teams in college football that utilize their talent the best. Oh, yes. And yep. two out of the top four were Minnesota and Oregon at like almost 80% or something like that. I think we were 78 so, point something and Oregon same right. well, 78 point something. I was just like, dang. I won't fault Oregon. They use their talent well. Shout but out to Oregon. They use their talent well in the Pac-12. Shout out to Oregon for making Wisconsin choke away another row of ah! Oh. All I'm saying is we beat the team that beat Oregon. Auburn. That's all I'm saying. Uh, that sounds like we're better than Wisconsin. It sounds like if it didn't snow, never mind. I ain't even gonna go there. Remember when Nebraska said they they thought Joe Burrow wasn't good enough? Then he went to LSU and then won the Heisman two years later. Remember when Adrian Martinez was a Heisman finalist before the season even started? <laughs> Oof. Remember we heard but multiple I, quarterbacks yeah. less last year. We heard Elijah well, Sindelar. Well, I'm, I'm not even gonna say nothing because they they talking mad crap this year coming in this year too and I'm like y'all acting like Purdue doesn't have David Bell and Rondale Moore about to be on the same field and David Bell had a thousand yards as a freshman Didn't, and Rondale Moore wasn't there wasn't Jack Plummer the backup QB that took over Cindelar when we played against them he did and he was destroying he's us back. and he's and back. He's gonna be back. He's going to be back. Rondale's going to be back. David Bell's going to be back. Somebody got to pay. That's 
that's the moral of the story because Jeff Brown was making more money than just about anyone in the Big Ten. So someone is going to pay next year. And I imagine it's going to start with Nebraska. Hey, who does Northwestern have? Co- who does the Wild? Who does the Wildcats have a quarterback for uh, Patty Fitz? Peyton Ramsey. Indiana. Wait, Peyton Ramsey's yeah. at Northwestern now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he transferred from Indiana to Northwestern. Oh crap! What? Yeah. Wait, I really hope <laughs> so, someone needs to look right now because unless it was well, some if dream. That's true. Northwestern like, just became the surprise challenger for the Big Ten West. I don't know why we're talking about surprise. I'm still salty like that, that they, I'm okay. still salty that they, they said because of Ramsey, Northwestern's going to be in the top 25 next so year. So here's it. Hoosier, Hoosiers now from Sports Illustrated breaking former Indiana QB Payne Ramsey picks Northwestern transfer. That's what I'm saying. People, people. None of y'all heard that? Peyton Ramsey was carrying Indiana, and he was being a really good person doing it because they sure did try to move on from him. And remember, he carried that team last year to a nine-win season after their starting quarterback got hurt and he got benched. He's a grown-ass man who's now going to be killing others in the West with Northwestern. Assuming, Somebody. assuming North Patty Fitz just came back it up. from their slumber a little bit early. That's for sure. I'm glad we get them late. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm glad we get them late in Minnesota in the snow where we can just run them over again. That's what I want. So, uh, anybody got hot takes? I got one. Oh boy, um, this is a two-part hot take. Hot take number one, we beat Michigan. And because of... Not too hot, two, but... Not too hot. It's not, not spicy hot. yet, but it's it's something I like. Not they a spicy deluxe yet. This is, this is a sad hot take. This is a very sad hot take. So, okay. Uh, we beat Michigan. Obviously, they do that thing where they lose to... Penn State or Wisconsin, and then they lose to Ohio State in, you know, blowout fashion, and then they go to probably the Outback Bowl, where they will get blown out by South Carolina or something of that general nature. Michigan will then fire Jim Harbaugh. And they go That's after... That's not a sad hot take. they go after P.J. Fleck. Oh, shit. Now it's a sad hot take. That's the sad because yo, that I kept thinking like, where would PJ Fleck go? Like I, I think to myself, where could PJ Fleck go that wouldn't be a lateral move? But he can stay in the Midwest because that's where that's where he's from. That's what he knows. That's where he wants to be. That's where he knows. And more importantly, where can he take his brand? And the only two non-lateral moves. Honestly, I don't believe that there's another place that will let him take his brand the way that Minnesota has. Um, but Not- the only place I think places that I think would tolerate him: Michigan, Notre Dame. That's it. Not Arkansas. Why would he go to Arkansas? You got to <laughs> deal with Alabama and LSU every year. 
but to rebuild because then again they had terrible history yeah, last year. Midwest. I don't think he's leaving the Midwest unless he can go to. Unless he's going to mid because the thing is if you can do relatively what PJ Flex is doing right now and you can build a superpower in the Big Ten West. I think Notre Dame is a stretch. But the Notre Dame only really plays the ACC. True. ACC is bad. Besides Clemson. Clemson. Clemson and everybody else. So it's so like until the Big Ten West, because like the big thing that would lure them away would be like Nebraska getting good, but like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that's my hot take. I was actually gonna do a similar hot take. <laughs> I was actually I was actually gonna say that Michigan is finally gonna get what they deserve, and they're gonna finish fifth in the Big Ten East. Bold. That's bold, right? <laughs> Well, it was way right in the yours when they fired Jim Harbaugh. Dang. Wow. <laughs> Ohio State's better. Penn State's better. Michigan State's got to come back one of these years. And eventually, Maryland's going to have to do something. What about Indiana? Oh, Indiana lost Peyton Ramsey. But they bring back the guy who a lot of people said was better than Peyton Ramsey in the first place, so. Well, the jury's out on Indiana then. It's like if we lost Peyton Ramsey. sixth in the Big Ten East. Well, Rutgers still is last. Oh, yeah, Rutgers isn't going anywhere yet. Rip. What if he lost to Rutgers? has a long road ahead of him. What if he lost to Rutgers, though? Sorry, if Michigan finished seventh in the Big Ten East, I would lose my damn mind. I would lose my damn mind. No, I thought no, I thought the question was if he if Michigan lost to Rutgers, even though they were they finished first or second in the East, no matter what, they just lost to Rutgers. They're eliminated from the playoff conversation. (laughs) If you lose to Rutgers when they have nothing. You don't deserve to be in the playoff conversation yet. You don't deserve to be here. Wow. Jim Harbaugh should be fired if they lose to Rutgers. No, it's like that family. On the spot. On like, the spot. It's like that family guy oh. meme where like Peter, Lois, and Chris are all dressed up like, and then Meg is yelling like, You're, why are you all better than me? And it's like the playoff teams and there's Michigan being Meg. Um, real quick, uh, last thing, because, Bob, um, we have a pair of twin four-star wide receivers that are both normal Minnesota, Bryson and Blaine Green from Allen, Texas, and all I'm saying is, we got Dino and Ethan, California. (laughs) I just want to call him Galifianakis. Like Galifianakis, <laughs> Caliab, Dino and Aiden. That's listen. Right, it's gonna happen. Don't it's gonna happen. 
That is too bold. We're not gonna give any love to Jacob Clark once Tanner Morgan leaves. No? He did throw a nice ball against Maryland. Zach Annex said he'll have another season. Assuming he doesn't get injured. Jacob Clark to Harry Van Dyne for 39 yards. That was a beautiful throw. That was a dime. I was like, did not see that coming. But I'm glad it happened. <laughs> you know what I also didn't see coming, but was glad it happened? What? Coney Durr catching a football, rolling off a back, and taking it to the house. That pick six was nasty. I thought you were going to stop that yeah. sentence at Coney Durr catching a football, and I was going to say the disrespect to that man. Maryland's going to beat the crap out of us next year. That's another hot take, but that's, that's just, we got to pay. We can't beat Maryland in Wait. College Park unless but, Mitch Leitner is our quarterback. No, it was Connor Rota. Was it Conorota? Conorota. It was Conorota. That was the Conorota year. Because because Mitch got benched because of a concussion protocol. Uh, concussion. And that's the same game Antoine ran it back for a pick six. Okay, I just want to hear why why uh, not why Griffin, what's your what's your hot take? I, I off the top of my head, like haven't had time to think. I haven't really thought about some hot takes, but Something's going to happen with Jeff Brom after another underwhelming season. LaRon's called me crazy last year after I said they were going to go like 6-6 six and six or something. And I, I, it's, it's, not, it's not all his fault. Injuries happen. All Who I'm saying is... wasn't injured? True. And how many bowl games have they been to in the past four years? How many have they won? Two? One zero. I, I think it was yeah, because they let Auburn put seventy three points on them last year. Exactly, that's like something's gonna happen with Brom. I don't know what it is. My hot take is not spicy, but we're gonna get back the jug, and the pig, and the axe. We're getting all of them. But no, but we lose the BYU. But we lose to BYU? We gonna lose to the fighting Mormons. <laughs> really? Yes. We ain't losing BYU. We're gonna lose to the Mormons, but then win the back the rivalry trophies. <laughs> to, to be fair, BYU has had some surprising wins in the past like three years. Wisconsin. Yo, I said if we lose All BYU, two of their wins deserve. in the past three years have been surprising. And BYU beat Wisconsin. In the same year, they lost the Axe. If you lose to BYU, you don't deserve that. And I would think that Mike Sanford, being in Utah for a little bit, would know somewhat about the BYU offense. True. Run them out. All right. And that concludes this episode of Ope, a podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this special quarantine edition. And we're, we hope to be back sooner in the future. Uh, we're all busy right now with work or with life at the moment. So we'll try our best to get back. Um, this live stream thing it seems to be working out pretty well. Hopefully we can get more people in the next one. But I'd like to say thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. Again, my name is Jason. Laurence. I'm Wyatt. Griffin Most. And we see you guys next time. Have a good day, everyone. Oh. Oh. Oh.